It's overwhelming to look at all of the headlines each and every single day. It seems like the world could be ending at any moment. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Sensationalism at each and every single corner, all over social media, all over the news networks. What's the truth? Where is the truth and how do we organize behind truth responsibly? Well, sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, make sure you go over to americaoutloud.news, where you can check out all my colleagues' work, as well as the America Out Loud 24-7, 365 days a year, putting America first, the America Out Loud talk radio network, which is available on all of your favorite app devices in the app store. Just type America Out Loud. Let's get straight into it. If you've listened to the headlines throughout the world, it sounds like that possibly that the world is ending. I assure you that is not the case. I mean, it will end for all of us one day, but I don't believe that we are in the rapture or the uh, collective whole. What we are experiencing right now is the earth waking up to lots of different possibilities, and we are seeing uh, the propaganda that is filing on social media, that is making people scared and weary. But I am here to tell you, do not be afraid. In fact, I'm reminded of my Christian teachings of the Bible having 365 times of do not be afraid appearing within the text, which tells me if you're religious or not religious, at the end of the day, we cannot control what we cannot can control. So therefore, everybody chill out and relax we're all going to be okay to the best of our ability. All right, so let's get straight into it. Why is it that people right now seem like they are just irrational individuals? Well, there may be something to it. We are seeing that the first time in more than the last 15 years that there is a very high percent of working age people who are saying that they've had serious difficulties with cognitive tasks. In fact, about uh, 4% of the human population that is being polled right now is showing that they're having trouble remembering, concentrating, and or making decisions. Walking or taking the stairs is there, doing basic errands outside the home, all of this is on the uptake. And this is according to a study that just came out on Tuesday. And I published this on my Twitter page or X, whatever you want to call it. Now, scientists are saying that this could be a result of the effects of long COVID for a small but significant portion of younger adults. I'm going to offer an alternative reality. Scientists don't know whether or not this is a result of long COVID. Why do I say that they do not know? 
Well, because it's very obvious that no one had a control group set up with COVID-19 in order to make sure that we have the proper statistics. So now we have close to a million people that are having strong cognitive decline and scientists are simply saying, well, this could be also the effects of the psychological distress of the pandemic. And that could be the reason for almost a million young people having this issue, 18 to 64, uh, having cognitive decline of serious, serious ramifications. The Federal Bank of New York had their economist Richard Dietz analyze the data and he attributed it to the increase to long COVID. He said, these numbers don't do this. They don't just start suddenly increasingly increasing sharply like this, referring to the timing of after the pandemic began. I would just like to point out, this is the economist from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York that's being used as a source for the increase in long COVID, which is why I'm also pointing out today, pay attention to the sky may not be falling, right? Or you may not have truth in front of you. Who would I find would be a better person to give me that data? Well, I don't know. Perhaps a scientist that actually has studied mortality. Perhaps neurosurgeons that are familiar with this type of data that can tell us what's going on. All of those individuals would be better than an economist from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York that's looking at this data saying, well, I think I know what's going on here. Oh, geez. Oy vey. Now, according to its monthly current population survey, a census asked a sample of Americans whether they have a serious problem with their memory and concentration, and it would define them as disabled if they answered yes to that question or one of five others about limitations on their daily activities. And so the questions were unrelated to disability applications and uh, response did not have any financial incentive to answer one way or the other. And so at the start of 2020, this article says that the survey estimated there were fewer than 15 million Americans ages 18 to 64 with any kind of disability. And that number in 2023 has risen to 16.5 million. Now, they say that nearly two thirds of that increase was made up of people who had newly reported limitations on their thinking. There are also increases in census estimates of how many numbers of adults with vision disabilities or serious difficulty doing basic errands. Why is it that we are seeing a rise in brain fog? We've heard about this about long COVID, but I actually have heard about this in something else. Imagine all the interviews that I've done, and you've heard them on the shows. I've had over 300 shows, and I'd say I probably had a good 30 shows that I've done on people that are vaccine injured. Well, what's the odds that what we're seeing right now could be both or could be vaccine related? Well, it'd be really nice had they actually had control groups into who got vaccinated and who did not. Unfortunately, we have no way of knowing. Now, there is a chief of research and development uh, at the Veterans Association St. Louis Healthcare System. His name is Dr. Zayed Al-Ali, who says he believes the cognitive impairment is a hallmark of long COVID and why we're seeing what we're seeing. Okay, it could be COVID, but it could be other things. We don't know. And sometimes it's very good to just say, we don't know. There's a Dr. Monica Verdus, uh, I can't even say it, Verdusco Gutierrez, who's the chair of rehabilitation medicine. And she's saying that what they're seeing, it's not just brain fog. 
These young people have a brain injury. There's neurovascular changes, there's inflammation, and there's changes on the MRIs that they're seeing. Now, let's couple this, this data with the fact that if you look at the life insurance industry, you see now that men are starting to die at a younger age. In fact, I believe just recently there was a statistics that came out that said men are expected to only live to the age of 73 now here in the United States, which is six years less than women. Now that is uh, life expectancy has fallen for men. Guess what? Since you guessed it, the pandemic. The last time they did these numbers in 2020 was at 76.1, which means, men, you have lost three years of your life expectancy over the last three years. Amazing. Now, we're seeing this brain fog. We're seeing a lower uh, life expectancy for men. And on top of all of that, I'm also hearing some rumors about Y chromosomes. Have you heard this story come up lately? But the Y chromosome, they're saying, is disappearing right now. All right. It used to be the same size as the X chromosome when we go back 166 million years ago, and it has shrunk to a third of the size with only about 55 genes compared to the X chromosome's 900 genes. And they said if it continues to shrink at the rate that it's shrinking, the Y chromosome will be completely gone in less than 5 million years. Now, if the Y chromosome starts to go and we're losing it and it could die out in 5 million years, what does that mean for humanity, right? What does that mean for us as far as being able to reproduce? How will that relate back to sex? And then it leads me to this question, what does that mean in terms of sexuality and the conversations we're having in 2023 as well? Again, it goes back to truth. And is this also something that we could in any way, shape or form go and look at testosterone, go and look at the future of men Would this lower life expectancy in any way, shape or form? I don't know. I mean, 5 million years is a long time, so I really doubt that there's a connection there, but let's continue on. What could some other causes be? Well, guess what got turned on during this time? And guess what people report as a symptom of all of this? Well, 5G networks turned on all over. Now, before you go, okay, Bolden, you're putting on your tinfoil hat, please don't do that. I teach broadcast engineering for a living. I understand 4G. I understand 5G. Are you aware that 5G networks interfere with oxygen particles? That it could actually have a health impact on people with asthma? Don't believe this? There's plenty of studies out there that will show everyone that what I'm talking about is gospel truth. Most people just don't want to look at it. Now, just because that can do that does not mean that that is going to kill everybody. But we are seeing effects now that 5G sickness, people that are in these uh, areas of the world that have 5G all around them at great amounts. And this could be uh, the fact that we're putting 5G in all the classrooms with the different radio frequencies, that people get headaches, they get migraines, they get brain fog, they have trouble concentrating, their balance goes off. All right, there is things that are happening physically to individuals that are sensitive to all of this. 
I've been saying for a while, if you want to just go onto your iPhone, read up about what your iPhone can and will not do. And in your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The federal regulations of your iPhone, if you read there, it actually talks about how the phone may not be safe for you, that the research is still not really uh, too uh, finalized. They're still trying to figure out what's going to happen to you long-term from use of this. So is 5G causing this brain fog amongst young people? Why are young people increasingly dying in their 40s, where before we would not hear about this nearly as much? How do I know that? I've been looking at the obituaries. I've been following who is passing away, even within my own circles. And it does seem to me, and I know that I'm getting older, but there seems to be an increase. Is this long COVID? Is this mRNA? Is this 5G? Is this increased stress, post-traumatic stress disorder that now is causing some other issues for individuals? I don't know. And that's... Really, really, I'm going to go down and here's the thing. No one else knows either. Everybody is speculating. But the important information here is the fact that, yes, people are having difficulties. And yes, the life expectancy is dropping, especially in men, which means we should be having a bigger conversation about this. And I'm thankful that there's some people willing to think outside the box and use some critical thinking about this. I don't know. What do you think? You can feel free to reach out to me at real Greg Bolden on Twitter or email me Greg at America emboldened.com E M B O L D E N E D.com. Again, Greg G R E G at American Bolden.com. Feel free to send me an email. I want to know if you're noticing that younger people are passing away. Now, some other big headlines that are going on right now, you probably have seen that there is an upswing in the world of volcanoes that seem to be either on the verge of erupting or they have erupted. Now, I've seen some misinformation. Again, what is truth? The sky's falling, right? Well, I may not have as good of a news for everybody during this segment because I covered the Mid-Atlantic Ridge just about back in June. So what's that like five months ago, six months ago, uh, seven. I don't even, I can't count at this point. It's I'm broadcasting and getting this out to you. You do the math, but back in June of 2023, I talked about the mid Atlantic Ridge. I talked about the super volcanoes that are still asleep on the earth. And I said, you know, we're not paying attention to what's going on under the ocean. We have mountain ranges underneath our oceans that make the mountains in the United States look tiny, but we don't pay attention to them because they're buried in water and we don't think about them in those terms. But what's happening in Iceland right now sparked my interest with uh, great focus and intensity. And the reason why is I was talking about the mid-Atlantic region and how that peninsula would go all the way up into Iceland. And lo and behold, where does the Mid-Atlantic Ridge go into but the town of Grindavik? And where are these earthquakes all starting to hit? They're going up Grindavik and they're following the ridge the entire way. Now, what concerns me even more is what we don't see right now. I'm not sure if you saw the story about what happened off the coast of Japan, but there was a new island that just formed out of nowhere. I think CBS News covered this back on November 10th. Yes, uh, a volcano erupted in southern Japan. And as a result, 
there's an island that was 328 feet in diameter and rose 66 feet above the sea afterwards. So what is it that we are not seeing in the world underneath our oceans? Well, there are people that are studying it, but why are you not hearing about the many, many eruptions that are going on right now in our ocean floors? Why do I bring that up? Because when you start looking at the ocean temperatures and you start paying attention to what is erupting underneath those ocean temperatures, suddenly you stop talking about climate change from the perception of what are humans doing and you start looking at climate change from a perception of what is the earth doing? Magma is rising all over. So we get the Iceland, right? We see that these huge cracks opened up in that town. And there's some misinformation in all this. People were saying that Grindavik had uh, reopened for people to come back. Yes, some people went back because the earthquakes had slowed down, the intensities had slowed down, but they have not reopened. The second thing that I heard said was that there was a geonuclear power plant in Iceland. And I saw people panicking. Well, what happens if this thing explodes? Like, oh, I saw they're digging a ditch by it. No, that is a geothermal plant, not a geonuclear. In fact, because of the immense heat that comes off underneath uh, Iceland, they have geothermal power plants all over. There is no nuclear power plants in Iceland whatsoever. So out of the spirit of what is truth, I think it's important to point that out. That stated, what will happen should this volcano erupt? Well, it's tough to say because this specific volcano, the way that it's splitting open the earth, it looks like magma is going to flow up and likely destroy this town. It looks like that that will be completely burnt to a toast if that happens. And that is a big if. Just because they say it's imminent doesn't mean maybe all this cracking that we're seeing in Grindavik will be the end of it. Although the steam that's coming up from those cracks is highly concerning. I would be uh, not wanting to go back to my home anytime soon. In fact, if I'm in Iceland, I might even look to go to relatives outside of Iceland at this point in time. Reason being is the last time there was a big earthquake in Iceland, it shut down the airlines for a long period of time all throughout Europe because of its location. But Iceland is not the only area you should be concerned about if we're talking about volcanoes right now. In fact, you should be paying attention to Popocatapeltil in Mexico. All right, Mexico has had explosive activity now for several days. And some of the ash plumes went up to 20,000 feet, almost four miles high into the sky. And it's funny, it's not lost to me that Joe Biden puts out a post about, you know, there's nothing worse than climate change that humans are causing right now. You know what, Joe Biden, I'm pretty sure that what's going on in Mexico, what might be happening in Iceland very soon, and what's happening in Italy as well, because I did not even get to Mount Etna yet. Mount Etna, uh, they have also uh, seen lava flowing into the air with ash and soot. Right there are 14,700 feet above sea level. And now we have more carbon emissions there too. I'm pretty sure, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a climate denier, but I'm pretty sure that what we do as humans is going to pale in comparison 
should we have many, many volcanoes erupting that are spewing out ash all at one time? You do realize that volcanic ash is very, very hazardous to fly in. Aircraft cannot navigate. They can disrupt flights completely internationally. So when we look at Mexico, which way are the winds going to blow from that uh, uh, volcano? I almost said earthquake. Sure, there's earthquakes too. Where's the uh, ash going to blow? If you look at Italy, same thing. Where is the ash going to blow? If you look at Iceland, we already know Europe will be impacted. You are talking about a global disruption right now, simply from three active volcanoes, one about the blow. Why is this happening within all this? Well, I want to talk about the Mid-Atlantic Ridge briefly here before I hit the break. The Mid-Atlantic Ridge system, all right, this is discovered in 1950s, all right, and it is an underground mountain range where there are two tectonic plates that are overrunning one another. You have the North American plate, and it is separated from the Eurasian plate in the North Atlantic. This thing is running basically the entire length of the United States, all the way up and through Iceland, right through Grindavik. All right, so that is going straight there. And then when you get south of the equator, you get the South American plate from the African plate in the South Atlantic. All right. And those plates are still moving apart as well. And so they say that the Atlantic is growing at the ridge at a rate of about 2.5 centimeters per year in an east-west direction. All right. Now, most of this ridge system is underwater and it has a set of volcanic islands that run the entire length of the Atlantic Ocean. So if you ever go onto Google Maps, you can see some of those islands uh, just by zooming in, as well as some are very well known. Iceland is one of those islands that is a volcanic island, the entire thing, which is why I'm concerned. That's the top of the ridge. We also have Norway, which is part of it. John Mayan, which is towards Norway. We have Azores in Portugal. We have St. Paul's Rock in Brazil. Ascension Island, St. Helena's, and Tristan de Cunha. Gao Island, all in the UK. And Bouvet Island in Norway as well. So paying attention to what I'm saying to you right now. If magma is starting to rise up throughout the Mid-Atlantic Ridge... I'm going to tell you what no one else is talking about right now. There is a risk in certain parts of this mid-Atlantic ridge if an earthquake or a volcano were to go to create such a disturbance that, yes, you could see a tsunami. Now, that tsunami would be a threat to the east coast, possibly of North America. If it's in the south part, South America as well. I'm not trying to scare anybody again as I started off the show. Do not be afraid. But what is truth? I'll get to the truth of what's not being said right now. Yes, a tsunami is a possibility. And it's a possibility if you're not paying attention to what's going on underneath the sea floor. If the Mid-Atlantic Ridge is lighting up right now, that is a very, very concerning thing for Africa, the UK, North America, and South America. It's very bad. And Greenland, for that matter. Although Greenland, they'll know really quick with where they are with Iceland. 
So yes, my eyes are on this. My ears are on this. I've been researching it, trying to make sure that I'm on top. Uh, as always, I follow uh, Ben Davidson, the suspicious observer as well. I've been curious to see what he's going to talk about. Of course, he's still talking about the space weather and maybe how that's relating to the increase in earthquakes. I'm more uh, worried about what's going on underneath the seafloor. Come back after the break. I'm going to be airing the final part of my interview with Ben Edel from Free Organ. You've been hearing sections of that each Wednesday, and I have my final section with Ben to end the show today for all you bold Americans. Now, what are we going to talk about? Well, I want to know, how did Free Organ come to be? How does one organize other individuals in order to take action? Because I believe we are at a really critical rally point in society that if we don't understand how to not just have these conversations where you're hearing about them on my podcast, but how do we take meaningful action to make sure we protect our civil liberties, our, our rights inherent to our birth, our property, if we don't rally together and figure that out, we are in bad, bad uh, condition. And Ben Edel has figured that out. He's got 20,000 people organized in Oregon during the pandemic. And so I'm going to ask him all about that. All right, everybody, make sure you're going over and visiting the sponsors of the show. As always, that helps keep the lights on here at the network. And if you'd like the content that you hear on my show as well, you can support me, buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. And that will help uh, support what I do here on the network as well. And I just want to give a quick little shout out to some supporters of the show over the past week, because I think that it's important that if you're going to support the show, that you know that I, I received that support and that I appreciate it as well. And so Linda Kay and Windsor 4, uh, thank you for your support this week. And for a few people that came in uh, a couple of weeks ago, Yohals uh, and Louie. Uh, thank you for your support as well. It is appreciated and someone just put someone, so I don't know who that is, but I see you someone and I appreciate you and I thank you. Uh, thanks for being part of the Bold American support. If you'd like to join them, again, uh, go to buymeacoffee.com backslash Bold America. It helps keep independent journalism alive and the messages coming to you. I'll be right back. You're listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. 
I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, Bold American. Second half of the show. We're coming out to talk about humans and cognitive decline and volcanoes. And we're going to get back into our conversation I've been having for the last few weeks with Ben Edel. Ben Edel was the founder of Free Organ, and he helped uh, with lots of liberty cases, helping to make sure people kept their constitutional rights to the best of his ability has several court cases you've been hearing about today we're going to find out how did he organize as well as do a general wrap with him so i hope you enjoy the second half of the show with ben edel one of the things we were talking about early on is your rights i'm going to ask you a question ben you don't have to give me a long answer to these things these are kind of i just want to make sure we're on the same page yeah um why do you need a marriage license for tax purposes. <laughs> okay. For tax purposes. Okay. And, and at one point in time, did somebody ever say that your marriage need to be recognized by someone? It did. Yeah. But why? Who gave that very first person the right for you to be married and have it recognized by someone? The government. Right. And who gave government that right? The same answer. They themselves gave it to themselves. They decided they gave it themselves. we're going to need exactly. marriage licenses so that we can track it and confirm it and give you a benefit. And then we can de destroy it if we say, if we so wish That's to, correct. or you have to destroy it through us. Yeah. It's, I, 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 I think I know where you might be going with this. Yeah. So this is one of those parts that really gets to me. If you need the government to give you a right, then you already don't understand what your rights are. Yeah. If you need the government to tell you, oh, it's okay to speak up now, you have your free speech now, then you didn't understand that you had your free speech from the get-go, Yeah, that you were always allowed to speak up. And this is, once you start to understand this argument, the reason why I'm bringing up in the LGBTQ plus side is because I never really understood why we need to make such a big issue out of it to begin with, because you have marriage that can be a religious thing, and then you have the state marriage, and I'm sitting there going... Why do you need the state to acknowledge this outside of a, a tax break, right? That That's all it is. What you want to do, the libertarian side, you go and do, right? What happens in your yeah. bedroom happens in your bedroom. Just don't force it on my children and groom them in some way, shape, or form into something that I don't need them to hear at their young, impressionable age. They can figure all their sex yeah. stuff out when they have their sex you know, development. And that's they the fun part of it, right? Right, exactly. Instead of having some creepy grown-up tell you all this stuff when you're in kindergarten, that would weird me out. <laughs> but here's the problem, and the reason why I wanted to bring it up, Ben, because if we don't start teaching people that you have a right to speak up even when someone tells you to shut up, if we don't start telling people that your marriage doesn't need validation by somebody that gave them themselves the validation, that your rights are inherently to you, 
whether we're having that conversation about minorities, like we just did a few moments ago, the LGBTQ plus community, uh, which you're right. There's a divorce. We get into that probably some other time too. That That's a great conversation. Or it's when you go to a protest and they try to tell you, you need a free speech zone. Screw that. There's no such thing as a free speech zone in the United States. There shouldn't be. And if there is, then it's not constitutional. The sooner people understand this, then they start to understand you, Ben. They start to understand why 20,000 Oregonians started following you and what you were doing with Free Oregon back in 2021. Because then they start to grasp their power to understand what happened in the pandemic and the lockdowns was completely abhorrently wrong. But if you don't understand where your rights come from, your property, and what you were born with, then yeah, the government's going to trample over all of it. Now, I think, Ben, we are in really, really dangerous times. And it's the reason why I brought up that fear versus love. I don't want to fear World War III. I don't want to fear the response of Joe Biden saying it's time to get the arsenal of democracy together, which was the rallying cry of Roosevelt in World War II. But I want to also level with the American public that I wanted you on the show, Ben, because I knew that you were going to bring it tonight. You did so very well through all these topics, because if we don't start organizing ourselves, which is going to get into my last question for you, if we don't start organizing ourselves, I believe we're going to see war on American soil Mm -hmm. in our lifetime and maybe sooner than we want. It could be real. It could be a false flag. I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but what I do know is after 2020, after this lockdown and mandates, that should there be an attack on American soil, your rights, if we don't organize immediately now, your rights will come under attack. You thought the Patriot Act looked bad in 2001? Uh, It's going to look like, you know, kindergarten compared to what they will roll out in the future. Executive order 14067, right? Um, I spoke with a presidential candidate about this recently, uh, Aaron Day. Uh, He was talking about, you know, it authorizes the use of central bank digital currency. You look at COVID and social credit and who was a good soldier and got uh, their information put into that database about vaccination, got their card, who did all this. That was just a training session for central bank digital currency. And no, I don't want people fearing. I want people operating out of love, figure out. So, Ben, my final question for you tonight, how did you manage to organize individuals? And then as we look at the world's problems, American problems, and there's people all over this country, maybe think about local school boards, think about local politics. What can you tell people that are listening, that are going to share this episode, listen on the America Out Loud Network? I think I'll be cutting this up into like five episodes, possibly, because there's so many good sections in this. How do we organize? Because I know on my show, I'm always trying to come up with an action plan Mm -hmm. and I feel like I fall short so many times. So help me with this action plan for bold Americans listening. How do we organize? How do we get successful? What does it take? Because you've been successful and you know more than I do. Take it away, Ben. I don't know if I know more than you do, but I'll tell you this, looking back and wondering how did, how did this become so successful? Cause it wasn't on purpose. I didn't know what I was doing. I just said, I'm fighting. And I think that's where in life, where it in lies. Um, because I was brave, people followed me. And it was because I was brave. It was because I just didn't care. 
I just got louder and louder and louder. And the threats came and the, and the people threatened my life and they threatened my family and they doxed me, but I kept on going. They put me on the news and they said I was killing people and that I was a racist and a homophobe, but I kept on going. I didn't stop. And every time they put me on the news, Free Organ grew. And they were trying to, to, to stop me. They wanted me to shut up. They wanted me to sit back down. And I didn't. And that's what happened. I think that if you have it in your heart, if you have it in your heart to stand up and to fight, then you need to stand up and fight. And don't let them scare you, intimidate you, and stop you. That's, that's, that's the, the ticket, right? That's what Malcolm X did. That's what um, Martin Luther King Jr. did. That's what you got to do. And, and if you can't do that, then you got to get and, and offer yourself, whether it's a donation, whether it's um, uh, I can research, I can do PRRs, I can learn, I can help. What can I do? And um, that, that just join us, just, just join us. And it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. Free Oregon had a third Democrats, a third Republicans, and a third non-affiliated independents. We were a third, a third, a third. Uh, because... Like you said, we've got to remember this. In Idaho in 2020, the state was arresting people for going to church. In Idaho, all right? <laughs> it's got nothing to do with, Repu with Republican or Democrat. You cannot trust anybody in politics. That's what they say. And you can't even trust me, <laughs> all right? Well, you, you can't trust anybody. But right. you got to know that you yourself, you can trust. So you have to participate. You got to get involved. I don't care where you are, get involved. I don't care if you're sitting in Idaho right now and you think it'll never happen again. It will happen again. Like Greg just said, it'll happen again. If you thought, you thought COVID was bad, you thought the Patriot Act was bad, you wait until there's war on our soil. And you don't even know that war could be our government against us. We don't know. We don't know. And so you got to be ready. You got to be ready to trust yourself and the people, the core people around you. I want to point out to people too that you're not getting rich off a of free organ. It's a 501c4 public benefit company. Um, you know, it's 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 yeah. really um, I'm getting poorer uh, as a result of free organ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I told you that was my last question, but I lied because I actually have two other questions. I'm going to save the lighthearted question for last. And there's one that I forgot to ask you earlier that a listener asked me to ask you. Um, the question's this. There is a succession movement on the eastern part of Oregon to join Idaho. Is it possible? What are you hearing? Because I'm sure that with your movement, you've got to have people from the eastern part of Oregon that have joined that are talking about this. So where's that stand uh, about succeeding from the state and breaking Oregon in half? Well, my, my, uh, my in-laws are beef ranchers in, in eastern Oregon. Um, and so we, I'm there frequently um, in Eastern Oregon. I spend a lot of time there, actually. Um, it's our bug out zone. <laughs> that's where, that's where we're, we know how to walk from Portland to Eastern Oregon. So, um, but, but, uh, and, and we're prepared to do so. But, but I'll tell you, um, uh, I, I, I'm mixed. I'm mixed on it. Uh, I, I think yes, it can happen, and also no, it can't happen. So I'm mixed on it politically. Um, it doesn't do the Democrats, the progressive Democrats in Oregon that control our state any good to have Eastern Oregon. They already they already want to cut off all the uh, the farming and agriculture and put massive skyscraper sized uh, windmills out there anyways. And they're already destroying the habitats and the natural habitats in Eastern Oregon uh, with windmills, farms, they call them. But they're not farms. They're 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 environmental bulldozers. That's what they are. 
Um, and, um, and so I can, I, I understand why they want to leave the state. Um, but will they let them leave? I don't know. And, and you have to get approval from the federal government to do that too. Will, will the Biden administration let them leave? I don't know. Do they want to leave? Yes. Can they declare they have? Yes, they can. Um, in the county where my in-laws live, the entire county has 1,300 people. <laughs> so, uh, but they're all very well armed. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that right now. And uh, when I get there, they're even better armed. But, um, <laughs> but, but I'll, I'll say that um, that I don't see it happening, but I like it. And and we don't know, we don't know how things will play out. I live my life doing the next right thing. Politics is complicated. Um, and so I, I can only really do the next right thing. And I think they're doing the next right thing too. And I think that um, we, we can't say what that may lead to, but that may lead to uh, something. We've had other conflicts, armed conflicts with the government, Mahir uh, Land Reserve with, with Bundy and, 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 um, and all of them, which they were proven right, but people were, were murdered by the FBI. And, um, and it was a, a, a very challenging situation. But these people in Eastern Oregon, they're not taking it. You know, they're not going to take it. Right. They're not going to take it. All right. So uh, my son wanted me to ask you this question, but I think we've already covered it. He said, make sure you ask him, what are your thoughts about the craziness in the world? That's coming from a nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we just covered that for the last two hours and 15 minutes. I think I know we did, but I got something. My, my son's nine as well. I, okay. I got I got something for you. Um, the the way we solve the craziness in the world is that we stop and we stop and see each other as human beings. Okay. When I look at you, Greg, you're me, man. We, we, when I look at someone even more, diff, you know, someone different than me in any way, they're they're me. We're we're each other. I'm them. We all have the same desires, the same like, you know, defects of character, the same fears, the same everything, man. Like. We've allowed our Marxist government to do the Marxist thing, which is divide us based on immutable qualities or, and I believe that our wiring in our brains, like those of us, like you and me, Greg, that are wired to distrust the government and wired for freedom and, and independence. Mm -hmm. We have an equally important aspect of, of culture in our society that are wired for collectivism and wired for, uh, for support and help. Um, Together, we've always had conflict, but we've also become an incredible race of species. Um, but we're born that way. We're born that way. Our brains are wired the way they're wired. And so um, I know this because I was raised by people with different wiring. <laughs> uh, the there's nothing they can do about me, and there's nothing I can do about them to change their brains to think of the world and see the world from my viewpoint. However, when I make that effort and I understand where their heart is, then I see them as equal, just like me. And so we have to start breaking down those things that are dividing us. And we have to do it in our everyday life. We have to do it everywhere we go. When we see some left wing, crazy son of a bitch saying something we hate, you stop and you say, hold on a minute. What, what is that really? And, and do I really hate them? And am I guilty, too, of saying some crazy right-wing shit that they probably hate? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> yes, I'm I, guilty. <laughs> I, 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 you know, on my show, I, I'm... Saying? Yeah, on my show, I call out Marjorie Taylor Greene all the time with, like, what type of comment was this? This isn't helping a cause. You know, one thing I'll, I'll add to what you just stated, there's no such thing as collective rights. Collectivism, in and of itself, cannot have rights. 
That's right. It, it's it's impossible. It's impossible. Uh, there's only individual rights. And I think that's the difference between the way you and I think yep. and the way the collectivists think. Mm-hmm. They think that because they want to shake their saber enough and go, well, that's the way it should be, that that should make it a right. But it doesn't. There's no such thing as the majority rule and all that. And that's really kind of where we come to a, a head as a society right now. It's the collectivist versus the individual. And uh, maybe that's the next civil war of minds in some way, shape or form. But that's that's the great divide. That's the one thing to which every single attempt to divide and tribalize us has been based on that fact. That's the only difference between us. And there aren't any other ones, regardless of what color your skin is, regardless of where you live, regardless of what accents you have. It doesn't matter. That's the divide. That's the one thing to which all the Marxist uh, efforts have, have become successful because that's the divide. That's the one exploitation that they're using. So their survival depends on our mindset because no free, every free country has been taken over through the machine of democracy. Majority rules. Majority rules has destroyed every free people. And so we can look back in history and realize that. Now you can also go to the right and see the atrocities uh, that have occurred in, 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 from, from that angle. But if, again, it always leads to all power to the state. So I kind of feel like we're the good guys, but we all need each other when we're stranded. And when I've had times in my life where I was you know, out homeless, young and, and struggling, the government helped me out a couple of times. And if it weren't for those Democrats, you know, we wouldn't even have libraries. <laughs> so we just got to think about the positivities. Oh, there, there's plenty of positive. It's the reason why, you know, you and I both call ourselves socially liberal and conservative in other ways, uh, yep. because it's, it's the truth. All right. I told you I'd come to a, a fun, lighthearted question to, to end. So I understand in 2018 through 2020, the coffee fiasco as a avid lover of coffee here on my show, you know, I have revere coffee. That's one of the sponsors of my show. Uh, I'm curious, are you back in the coffee game in any way, shape or form, or have you abandoned uh, the caffeine life? Uh, well, let's, <laughs> I have not abandoned the caffeine life. <laughs> I'm a coffee snob. Now I came into coffee. Like I came into every other industry I've ever been in, in my 20 year career as an entrepreneur, brand new without any experience. I've came in from the outside. Um, I was introduced to specialty coffee in 2018 and I found love with it. And, and, and it was a, it was a very fun, fun experience. And I still drink great coffee today. Trust me, come over. I'll make you some great coffee. We'll do some pour over, some ice pour over. We'll have some fun. Single origins, you know, oh baby, uh, naturals. Oh God, I love the crazy stuff. But um, I, I always hold that in. But today I work full time in politics. I actually have a company called Politigy, Politigy.us, and uh, we're a public relations firm, and we help. Uh, we're helping to get good people elected uh, in the state legislature in Oregon. And my goal is to use Politigy to help turn our legislation, uh, turn our our legislative body to Republican majority uh, within two cycles. Did I spell that right? Politigy.us up on the screen. Yeah, P-O-L-I-T-O-G-Y. O-G-Y. Oh, God. O-G-Y. Let, me fi- O-G-Y. let me fix that real quick. I Hold had to on. get the O-G in there. I had to get the O-G. We have a, the, 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 the Free Oregon team. It, we're actually in the process there of moving, uh, moving away from Free Oregon um, and letting Free Oregon live um, where it's supposed to with the people of Oregon. And um, I'm going toward Politigy, but we're all working together. We need to build a consortium of, of entities and groups to really, um, to, to really uh, combat what's happening in our state. And so I'm part of that 
uh, founding of Free Oregon and founding of Politigy and founding of some other groups and some other PACs and, and caucuses. And we're, we're doing a lot of political work here. So I'm all politics now, baby, forever and, 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 and always will be. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate you on behalf of all the Oregonians and people across the country that you've helped inspire to rally for purpose for a cause. That is an excellent thing, and I hope that people can take something from your messaging over the last several shows that you've been on, whether it's the court cases or the advice that you gave today. I think that it is all wonderful and good to have, and I hope that we have honored your time well, bold Americans. Having Ben on the show was a pleasure. Glad to have him. I'm going to try to get him back in the future. And as we wrap up today, Look, whatever it is that you're trying to rally for a cause, be not afraid and seek truth. Just because you see somebody reporting it, don't take it as a fact. Just because somebody says, well, we attribute it to this. That doesn't mean that's what it's attributed to. It means that is the working hypothesis and theory. The science is seldom ever settled. So why do we settle the first time we hear a story that that is the way it's supposed to be perceived and remembered? I don't want to do that. I want to be a critical thinker. I don't want to be a nation in mental decline or human beings in mental decline. I want us to rise above by being able to get our brain cells together and do a phenomenal job. I am going to have a a great guest for you coming up later. His name is Simon Esler, and I cannot wait to bring him on to the Bold American family. But before we can do that, we have to have our weekly recap on Friday with Chris Michaels and a special guest as well coming up on Friday for you. You're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a great one. Thank you, everybody, for listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.